Welcome to the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. We are your hosts. I'm Emily Valentine from Stommy Tactical. And hey, everyone. I'm Amy Robbins from Alexa Athletica. We are Your Average Gun Girls and want to bring you a podcast that mirrors the way we live our lives. We are self-reliant, stylish, and eager to inspire women to feel confident in defending themselves while also staying true to their lifestyle. We'll be talking all things from concealed carry to our favorite lipstick and everything in between. This podcast is intended to support and empower women. We want you to be armed with the right tools and education to be self-reliant and prepared to act in your own self-defense. This episode is brought to you by Guardian Nation. Guardian Nation is the community for devoted gun people focused on guarding themselves, their families, homes, and communities. We hope that you'll check it out and consider joining. Whether it be for the monthly training and drill videos, discounts on products in their store, the monthly Guardian Nation Live broadcast with top industry professionals, or the quarterly box of hand-picked Guardian gear, there's something for everyone in becoming a member of Guardian Nation. Check it out at GuardianNation.com. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. We are coming to you from SHOT Show once again. Live from SHOT Show. You guys are going to hear a lot of episodes from SHOT Show because we're here for like a week. And it's so much more fun to do these in person. We get to see each other in person. We get to see our guests in person. We can feed off their energy. We can, if they're smiling, we can smile. You know, it's just sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. I don't smile. That's our goal is like make you smile. If, well, we, if we don't, we I'm don't good. Like accomplish I'm anything right. if we did that. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't oh, does, wait, does I, that I sound? A, yeah, I heard a much uh, deeper voice just now. That doesn't sound like a typical not your average gun girl voice I'm hearing. No, it is a very non-average gun girl <laughs> that I'm hearing on Let's the microphone so. right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to jump right into our incredible special guest that oh we have Oh my gosh, I'm here. so excited. I've been waiting for this one. I have to. And, and of course, we're sitting here at the six hour booth uh thank you sig for being so hospitable and allowing us to come so yes to you guys have been so great to us supporting the not your average gun girls from the very beginning yes. i might add and we are sitting here with a very special guest i want to introduce you all to a very good friend of ours um this is jack carr and jack carr is a former navy seal who led special operations teams as team leader platoon commander troop commander task unit commander operations officer and executive officer. Over his 20 years in Naval Special Warfare, he transitioned from an enlisted SEAL sniper specializing in communications and intelligence to a junior officer leading assault and sniper teams in Iraq and Afghanistan to a platoon commander practicing counterinsurgency in the southern Philippines to commanding a special operations task unit in the most Iranian influence section of southern Iraq throughout the tumultuous drowned out, drowned down of U.S. forces, and Jack is the author of a new political military thriller titled The Terminal List, Woo-hoo. published by Emily Bessler Books, Atria in March of 2018. Now his second novel, ladies and gentlemen, dun, dun, True dun. Believer, will hit shelves very soon in 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Carr. Hello, Thank everyone. you so much, Jack, Hi, for coming Jack. on. Yeah, it is great to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Of course. Thank I'm you. so glad that I'm not... An average gun. I was going to say thank you <laughs> so for honored. coming on our podcast. I, I feel like you've probably done a lot of dude podcasts and radio shows over the, probably while you've been here at SHOT Show. Done, uh, not since we've been here. It's the first one at SHOT. Uh, you're oh, the inaugural SHOT yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. Lucky one us. Of, one of them kept getting postponed, I think, because uh, uh, 
the host was maybe drinking a little too much. Having but, uh, a little I, I too much of that uh, Vegas fun. I could say some initials. Actually, I feel like that would probably make for a much more fun podcast yeah. or a radio show. It could. I'm always hesitant of that, though, because I just I don't. I like to, uh, yeah, just You're hold like, I don't know where this after is the going. podcast, yeah. right. after the interviews are done, and then it might be time to partake. There you go. It's probably a smart strategy, which I kind of feel like, SHOT Show, you have to have a strategy. Yeah, like, you, this being your you first just, one, you're going to see, like, there's a strategy to this. If you want to make it all week long, still have a voice, still have energy, still be awake, yep. probably should pace yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not first SHOT Show. This is the first podcast at SHOT Show. So I first came ah. to this thing in 2004. I think it was 2003 or 2004. Oh, my when, gosh. Uh, when the room and the tactical section was as big as the SIG booth is today. Really? So small. Right here. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you remember... Could you, like, in your brain estimate what the, like, male-to-female ratio was back then when they first started, when you first went? Well, I might have been a little distracted <laughs> by some of the people that are actually in booths trying to, to sell products. So I'm not exactly I, – I don't know. It's probably heavily male. I think it's way – It's changed. I, I, I would say yeah, that, yeah. For sure. I would say yeah. that there's been a lot of changes at SHOT Show for sure and the marketing and how people market their products and, and the people that are in the booth. It's it's, it's changed a lot, you know? Yeah, so. Certain things always will always sell, but it's, uh, it was very evident back <laughs> Back then, that it was a lot, a lot of camouflage. I mean, a lot of the same companies, but it definitely was not the tactical focus. There was yeah. not not all the Velcro, not all the beards. I mean, it was early on. I mean, it, we thought it was long after September 11th at the time, but you know, now looking back, obviously, right. it's a, everything is relative. Uh, and then just just watch it expand over the years yeah. and come back. Not every year because sometimes deployments or whatever sure. else would interfere. But if I was ever around, I would always make sure I came most of the time on my own dime, just to make sure that uh, my guys had the best equipment possible before we went downrange. Yeah. And uh, I've always been a gear guy before I came in the military, during the military, I still am today. It uh, that translated over into the into the book where I put a lot of the gear that I used and that my life depended on. Yeah, uh, and it's just a, just a part of who I am. And now this is uh, it's a reunion. Yeah, well, well, totally. I'm like I I there's so much I want to talk to you about, and I don't even I know. know where to start because <laughs> there like we could take two hours on this podcast talking to you because I feel so honored that you took time oh, to come. And talk I know to we us. really appreciate of course. it. Are you Twenty me? year veteran and and the Navy SEALs team. I mean, like. But you've been awesome. Author. You were an early supporter. Like, <laughs> the, like no one knew who I was, and only certain people like jumped in right away because of our friendships, and uh, and a lot of it was due to this industry. Well, uh, I not only supported and read the book, I liked the book. Awesome. I Thank could you. not. I, it's a very good book. Thank I you. hope everyone has read it. Yes. Or at least if you haven't, you need to go order it and read well, it. Well, that's a great thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, like we like to read books. And do you want your self-help book? Do you want your like diet book? Do you want your... Yeah, like this? those are all like, those no, are all. Great, I want to turn my brain off sometime and I want like a good thriller. Yeah, this is not a something. diet book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a self-help book. Yeah. This is, But this is a... Uh, I love thrillers. I love books that can keep me engaged that I... I, I and like connect with the characters and then what I loved about this is as a gun girl you know if you're reading this book I mean you from an author standpoint I guess because of your background like you really went into specific gear that he was carrying yeah <laughs> I just want to talk about the gear that I had that I've used in the past and they're lying in the corner of my garage yeah. or in my office at home or on the wall or whatever yeah. um, so I had some uh, I could I could pull from that experience and has the gear developed over the years and got to watch and be a part of that and yeah. sometimes, sometimes give some feedback to some of these companies uh, to make it better and evolve it as we went forward so it's uh, it's super fun to write about stuff that I, that I love yeah. and then the people that I've that I know in this industry have also embraced the book as well. And if their their product's in there, all the better. And uh, and then it just, everybody kind of, everybody wins. But like Navy SEAL to author, mm -hmm. 
Well, how does that where, happen? Yeah, where like that, what's that, that process? Where is your process? Yeah. Yeah. Well, most I have to be very careful because a lot of times when you say Navy SEAL author, uh, people jump to the nonfiction right away and like, oh, here's another one, um, which uh, is not the case. This is fiction, 100% made up, and it's one of the two things I wanted to do since I was a little kid. I wanted to uh, be a Navy SEAL since I found out what they were at age seven. Wow. And then also, I, so then I started reading books when I got to the age of fifth grade when I could start reading the, the Tom Clancy's and, and that sort of thing. And there's a group of guys, Tom Clancy, David Morrell, uh, AJ Quinnell, Nelson DeMille, JC Pollock, like these guys in the 80s, early 90s uh, that wrote about characters that were doing the things that I wanted to do one day as a SEAL. So I naturally gravitated to that kind of fiction awesome. and knew that one day I would write that kind of book. That's yep. what I wanted to do after my time in the military. Whenever that came to an end, the next chapter in life was going to be writing fiction. So did you make and like a vision it. board when you were five years old? Did you put Navy SEAL author on your... On your I, were you vision boarding back then? I didn't even know what a vision board is today, but I feel like I need to Google that later. It's like it might be important. We can help you out with Now that. they have vision board conferences. Y'all, oh. I, yes. like, people are selling tickets for... I, I see all my friends are like hosting these conferences to come make your vision board. I'm like... Interesting. Can I just Google that? Different can I just go buy out. some magazines and cut some That's pictures out? Isn't that what that put was? Put vision board? Like, Different than a vision quest. Like we, yeah. So exactly. You, so when you are thinking about the story were you did you always have an idea of, of what you want to do like have a, like a, like an outline like even when you were in when no, you when so you were when you're serving? when you get out of the military when you drop your your papers to to get out and yeah. to, to retire essentially you go in a different pile you've told them okay now I'm getting out and your job then becomes to get out of the military to get out of this big bureaucracy and go mm -hmm. to the classes and check the box mm -hmm. and get the right signatures uh, and it's it's you feel and because of the turnover in a lot of these different commands there's two years to three years. So sometimes you have a brand new person like week one and you feel like you're the first person to ever leave the military. That's how I felt. It's like, so it takes a little while and got to do all the right things so you can actually leave this gigantic organization. Uh, so it was during that time that I started to say, okay, I know that uh, what I want to do next in life, I have my next purpose, which is taking care of my family. Uh, they put up a lot with, over the past you know, 19 years, 19 and a half years at the time. And now it's time to shift focus to them. And anything, any opportunity that comes my way has to fit certain criteria. Criteria. Awesome. So I identify that ahead of time. Uh, and then what, I, my, what I'm passionate about and what I love to do is write. So I combined all those things and this was the result. But when I was choosing what to write about, I wrote down about six or seven different ideas. And then I chose the one that I thought would resonate with people the most and was most likely to get published, but most likely to get noticed by a publisher in New York. And for me, growing up, I always loved movies that were about revenge. Yep. And I love books that had that same theme. And I think there's something just very visceral about a story of revenge. Yep. And so then I said, okay, how do I make it a, uh, an entertaining story? And how do I make it resonate with people? And how do I make it bring it to the modern day into our current geopolitical climate, bring my background into it. And I really wanted this guy, this, this, our protagonist is named James Reese. He has a background similar to mine, but it's, it's all, it's all fiction, but I wanted him to go into it like an ancient samurai. They would go into battle thinking they were already dead because they thought that made them more effective and efficient warriors. And so I said, how do you bring that into modern times? And that's where I brought in the conspiracy, which is usually a part of these revenge type thrillers sure. that people like. And so I brought in a conspiracy that, that has to do with the testing of drugs on our nation's most elite soldiers, some side effects that need to be covered up by the government and by private industry and 
that's the uh, that's the stage that is set for the story. And then the uh, the protagonist essentially becomes the insurgent or the terrorist that he'd been fighting for the last in the book yeah. sixteen years at war. Right. So uh, I got to flip it and uh, explore it. And look, we talked about it earlier. It's not really a self help book, but for me, <laughs> writing it was very therapeutic. Very therapeutic. Yeah, very, so I got to so I got to explore some of those emotions and feelings behind some of the things that I did downrange, and just take those emotions and apply them to the fictional narrative. So yep. I think that's why it resonated with Simon and Schuster and sure. why they liked it and why it made it a little little different because it feels real, it feels authentic, and that's yep. because the emotions are. Sure. Well, I mean, the cat's out of the bag. There's a sequel coming. Yeah. <laughs> there is. There is. I think you ruined that at I, the beginning. I, I know. I, I think that, you know, we, we said that's that's on its way. Um, you know, it's going to be released sometime in 2019. Yes, yes. We don't have any, we have an exact date if you look online. So it's April 2nd. But, that's not too uh, far from it's, now. It's coming up. So, but... I submitted it to the Department of Defense pre-publication office ah. security review because uh, even though it's fiction, I just wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. Is so, that normal for any time you write a book like this? I don't think anybody else that writes fiction does it. Okay. Uh, like, how probably, did you know you needed probably to do that? Have, well, because of in in over the last couple of years, there's been a spotlight on people in the military writing books, yeah. and um, some guys got in some trouble for writing that and not going through the, the proper process. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was doing mm. everything right, doing your due diligence. Well, um, if anything matched up with something, it totally coincidentally like oh hey it just happened to maybe mirror something that had happened at some point i wonder if they just want to clear all that and well simon it's more the i'm not the arbiter of what is classified and what is not um and so i just wanted to make sure we're doing it the right way but uh they advertise 30 days for the review Ah, that's good. Okay. So the first one, 45 days came back. I thought that's reasonable. Yeah. That's good. So I submitted the second one on July 20th <laughs> and we're still waiting. And for, uh, for those no. of you listening, that's, that's six months. Oh my so, gosh. uh, we are at six are month point getting... for a 30 day review, which is fairly typical. Are they giving the, updates uh, the at least like as to why it's have, taking so long? I think I have just... three law firms, three senators, two reporters, uh, and a few other, uh, no way. people exerting a little bit and of pressure. Not... Oh my gosh. That's so long any faster, huh? It is so entrenched the government is so entrenched in bureaucracy as we all as, as we, we all know, know. yeah um, that's just kind of how it goes par for course and oh, uh, man. yeah like i got lucky with the first one and they just ended up on someone's desk and they took out five or six lines and i kept those redacted in the novel blacked out and the second one i think landed on someone else's desk and then they sent it off to a bunch of other agencies hmm. for them to review that are, are mentioned in the book so i think that just slowed the process down so we might have to push it to summer mm-hmm. but that's okay. That's uh, wow. that's how it goes sometimes. Well, I, I heard a story or a rumor that you you had to change the cover of your book. This is true. Is it true? This is true. This is true. Okay, so tell the, us what happened. So the second novel, so uh, I was putting a SIG product on the cover and had the, the full pistol on the cover. The protagonist is holding it. The background. So the first one is uh, has a Washington backdrop because it's uh, domestic and it's a political military thriller uh, that is uh, that takes place for the most part in the U.S. Second one goes international, so uh, the backdrop is Istanbul, and the protagonist has a full pistol on the front, and that didn't sit well with uh, Apple and Amazon because they don't no, want to do ads that have a full pistol on the cover. So I uh, just moved that down, covered up about eighty percent of it. So now you see the. You top just of the should have made it a, a green plastic gun with an orange tip on it. I don't think that fits the fits the brand. Yeah, that's off brand. I just can't believe that. Like part 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 of the gun is okay, but not all of it, and it's just it's yeah, it's, becoming, it's really interesting. It's really, it's I know, like where we've, we've gotten to in our society, and with somebody that knows how to handle it, is very safe. It's, like it's, does this in his everyday life? It's a fictional well, book. It's, like it's yeah. 
Like it's, it's fiction, telling but a story. it's what also about? very interesting talking back and forth with New York. Well, they have a model from New York that's uh, moving sure. it that has never touched a pistol before. Oh, and I'm trying to course. take pictures and selfies and show them where the <laughs> thumbs are supposed to go to make it look right and get the finger off the trigger and like. And so, uh, so it actually made it simpler in that respect. Once we moved it down and covered it up, it's like okay, that we can kind of hide whatever his fingers are doing that might not look quite right, whatever the thumbs are doing. That's so crazy it actually made me. it a little easier. Well, okay, so Sig's on the cover. Does that mean Sig takes center stage and and the second book? Yeah, so I incorporate different weapons that I like to use in life. So the the, uh, the first book had Winkler knives in there. It had a variety of other other weapons in there. We Same thing with the... We talked uh, about our buddy Dom's yeah, uh, the, the, the dynamous blade. Yeah, dynamous yeah blade it, has a, it has a starring yeah. role in there. And surprisingly <laughs> enough, so it's in a very uh, I don't know, primal torture type scene that I was a little nervous <laughs> about new guy, people in New York liking or not. And uh, interestingly enough, one of the uh, one of the ladies in, in publishing came over and said, hey, I got to talk to you about that torture scene. And I was like, oh no. Here we go. And she's like, I loved it. That's like, awesome. Yes, awesome. I guess I didn't really know like people censor writers like that. I mean, well, not really like, censor, but I was just worried about, oh, yeah. this might be a little too much. Wow. For, uh, do know. they do they do ratings on books? Like if, uh, if like if that's if that's rated, if that torture scene is you know too violent or, or too that's a good is idea. there. No, I don't think that's. No. Good. I don't know if that's a good idea, but I, I was just wondering. Thing. Well, if you're picking out something for your kids, like well, some yeah. people, are like, will you well, sign this for my daughter? And my how old is she? She's seven. I'm like, she probably shouldn't be reading. Don't this right read now. this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like my daughter wanted to read it, and she's 13, and I was like, kind of let her start the first chapter, and then I just stole it back. Yeah. So I just did the tomahawks make an appearance in this one? Tomahawks make an appearance in the second novel as well. Yeah. I think that's going to be kind of a theme throughout the novels, and it's in a different way in the second book as well so um, but yeah SIG products are in there we got 365 in there 320 in there X-Carry um, and uh, you know, SIG is obviously an amazing company that does a lot for, for our freedoms and I appreciate that and I have a lot of people that work here that came from the military that are that are friends that, uh, that uh, I really respect cool. and I love what this company's doing so uh, I just just like we everything else too. in the book. This yes, worked out perfectly do. then. <laughs> I incorporate them in the novel. So. That is awesome. I'm, I'm dying to know I mean, as an author as an artist, I mean, like that—that's that's an art form, and I want to know what your process is. Got uh, it. When you're writing novels like this, walk us through what, what your process is. Got it. So I get this question a lot, and people often ask me, "Hey, what do you what did you read? Anything? Did you do research?" And I did limited research on the how of writing. Mm-hmm. So I had from growing up and just knowing where I was going in life, I studied I studied the military, I studied conflict. Um, when I was in the military, obviously that's what I studied. I started gaining experience. And then as we moved into after September 11th, studying the enemy, studying exactly where we were going, and then adapting, lessons learned. So I was just solely focused on that. Um, so all that stuff that I'd read growing up, all those novels that were in this genre, coupled with the experience, coupled with um, with all the reading and the academic study of warfare just lent themselves naturally to coming out in the pages of this novel. So my research mm-hmm. was really done ahead of time. I confirmed things because I know with my background, people were going to be checking. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, I had sure. to be super, super accurate. So even if I, though I'd studied it for years, I would go back and confirm. So it wasn't like I was studying something for the first time. Mm-hmm. I was going back to confirm yeah. in case somebody was like, hey, this isn't right. <laughs> um, so... 
So, uh, and in every book, there's going to be some something that's sure. off. So I'm sure there's something yeah. something in here. Um, <laughs> and there was and there's there's typos in, in every novel. And I used to think I was very smart when I would find one. And it's so interesting going back after <laughs> so many people, professional editors, have have looked at it over and over again that there are still errors because the human mind yeah, just you, puts in what right. should be there. Yeah. Uh, so that that part is fascinating. But um, so I wrote the theme of the book down on a yellow sticky, and I put it on my computer, and I wrote revenge. So if any, and I think that helped as I went through, because if some, I wrote something and it didn't somehow tie back to that theme, then I got rid of it. And I think that really helped instead of getting all the way through to the end, then reading it through and saying, oh, is this, is this on theme? Does this tie back? Does this tie in? Is this, like, so that there was very few edits from New York on this first wow. novel, which I was super, I was so surprised because I thought you give it to, to, to Simon and Schuster and, <laughs> and they're going to do their thing and right. there's going to be a ton of edits and they're going to make it great. Uh, and really they just asked a couple questions. Hey, would this character really do this here? Would, uh, this doesn't really ring true in this one sentence. So it was like very minor, three things like that. Wow. Um, and made those changes and, and, uh, and off we went, but process wise, pick that story not the, the revenge uh, thriller and wrote outline, synopsis, title, quote that went with mm-hmm. it. And then as I wrote, I'd fill in the outline so I could look at it and say, okay, I see where things are going. I see how things are flowing. I have a three-part story arc because people mm-hmm. like things in, yeah. Yeah. in threes. And uh, we're used to that at three-part plays. And, uh, and I'd fill it in as I went until I got to about the 75% mark. And then I just kept writing. Hmm. So that was, uh, that was how essentially- How long did it. that take? About yeah. a year and a half. Wow. And is there like a... (laughs) Crash. (laughs) Hey, when you're alive, you never know what's going to happen. Is there like a place, though, that you have to go to write? Is there... Do you have to have a certain... Do you have a special drink to... uh, Do you like to... Handwrite? Do you write on your computer? Computer for sure. And I thought, especially in our new house, that I had this special this office with a great view. And when the doors were closed, the kids would leave me alone. And everyone, <laughs> Dad is working, and my wife would know I'm working. That's my office. Yeah. Chaos, complete <laughs> utter chaos at all times. Yeah. So uh, I go to the local library and I lock myself in a little room that they have there. For, nice. So I often get bumped out for high school kids working on history projects because <laughs> uh, you only have a certain number of time in there. Sure. So I kind of bounce yeah. from room to room. But uh, one no, day, one of those kids is gonna walk. And be like, I kicked out Jack Carr right it. out of that room while he was That's writing. It. Yeah, the reason the third novel hasn't come out yet. Yeah, is I keep it's on hold. Yeah. yeah, the interruptions really, the interruptions absolutely kill you. So but, your uh, brain thinks the best, like when you're in a in a library and you're you're. It's in nice to be surrounded by books. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then I thought the view would be great in my office and home, but it's uh, I like being in just essentially a prison cell at yeah. the local <laughs> library with a tiny little window that yeah. comes well, through. Well, I think that kind of puts you in the you have no choice. You're there for a yeah. reason. Like you're objective is to write so it's kind of like home gyms like yeah. people like people have the home gym there but it often takes going to a gym where yep. they know this is my place to work out yep. this is my place for this and and just have that so same thing with the office yeah it, going somewhere and that's where i do the writing and then when i come back from that then i'm not doing the writing anymore so i yeah. think that i think that helps i keep convincing and, trying to convince my husband to get me a peloton bike i know like, you've I been talking about this I'll forever get rid of i my know. gym membership and i'll just ride my bike in front of a tv every day my wife's talking about that too but i think i think we gotta go somewhere yeah <laughs> and the commercials make that very appealing of course yes, they it shows do. the well, perfect family they and they're like the kids are like oh at the end of the work out, I'll walk in and say hi, and mom will smile. Like, what? No, Never. not hi. But they always put Never. you in front of like a beautiful, like glass window. Well, this is my thought. If you can, if you like, if you can afford like living in those homes that they're portraying in this commercial, I'm like, why don't you just have a personal trainer or something? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I know it's great you can afford your Peloton bike, but I would. I don't know. They I do, yeah, they do shoot those in some good, good right. spots. Yeah, they do. I know. And now the they're trying to sell that, the whole picture. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, it gets you. It's doing. They're, I think they're doing well. But uh, the other part of that process is, I think there's there's three people that it's been attributed to, and one of them one of them is Tolstoy. But they they said, hey, there are only two stories in all of literature, and it's uh, man goes on a journey, stranger comes to town. That's it. <laughs> so your story's got to fit that somehow. And uh, I did, in high school, I did a lot of studying of uh, Joseph Campbell, who uh, wrote a book called Hero with a Thousand Faces. And really what he did is look across culture at the hero's journey and looked at similarities across cultures. And why is this journey so much the same when these cultures have not had any contact whatsoever? Yep. And the reluctant hero goes on a journey, transforms during that journey, emerges transformed at the end of the book. One, two, three. And people relate to that, and they have since uh, the oral tradition of storytelling around the campfire, and it still still plays true today in books and in movies. We just naturally gravitate to that. So yeah. um, that was something that, that uh, heavily influenced me as well. So all these things kind of converged together, and, and it was the right time and the right place to, to start writing. Uh, so I awesome. feel very, uh, very we're, fortunate. We're thankful for that. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. I can't wait to read the next book. I mean, uh, is there going to be a possibility that we can see the terminal list at some point? There might be. Someday. So there might sure, be. Uh, uh-huh. I'm, not to, uh, I'm not allowed to give away exactly who optioned oh, it for a movie. Oh, tell us. But this Come would on, probably Ju- be the podcast. Come on, Julie. Yes. You just, re- yeah, you we, just like, re- like let, let our podcast be the ones that announce uh, it. Like, to the world. <laughs> so I think that, uh, yeah, the ladies especially will uh, appreciate and enjoy oh, who has optioned Really? Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't mean they'll ever make it. So when you option something, Hollywood, at the day of filming, they yep. can go off Completely track and change. do something else. But so sometimes where they are in the process. Low. So they're talking about doing it in early 2020. Okay. Um, so, but we'll see. Could derail so it anytime. Someone has so I don't want to get my hopes up too high. on to turn this into a movie. Someone has, and a director has. And do they have a script yet? I mean, or? I think that's what I'm kind of. A, I'm an executive producer, which I think means uh, author, get out of the way. Um, <laughs> I think that's what it translates as. I'm not positive. Well, but, isn't it uh, interesting how I mean they don't ask the author to write the screenplay? I mean, because screenplay writing is very different, very different yeah. than than writing a novel. Right. I'd like to delve into that at some point, but right now I don't have a background in that. And what I want is them to get the best screenwriter possible to do it. Like you have a top tier actor, top tier director, top tier financing, and whoever they, when they're putting this team together, whoever the best guy to adapt this is, mm-hmm. let's get that guy. What's your yeah. dream guy. team? What, what, could, what would you like put together? <laughs> so the craziest part is that my dream team was put together for this. Oh man. Yeah. He's not even so going to give us that. He won't like... tell us. It's so crazy. Yeah. And the way it came about it's was like crazy. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank so you. Awesome. Yeah. The way it came about was even crazier. It's uh, and I won't use any any names because I didn't ask the other guy if it was okay but I got a call out of the blue before the uh, the book was even published so yeah. I mean, there's a galley copy which is an advanced readers edition which you send out to other authors for blurbs and to reviewers and influencers so that when the book launches that they're reviews right away that's how, yeah. that, that's how that happens which we haven't been able to do with the second novel True Believer because I can't show it to anybody because yet. the DOD right. has it so which hurts us with uh, as far as getting blurbs you got a good team be you got a good tribe yeah. behind um, you that will read it and review it really uh, quick, really quick. It but you can't yeah. get it on the, on the hardback you can't yeah. get it on, so it, it is kind of a kind of annoying in that respect. But anyway, uh, so my friend calls out of the blue and says, uh, "Hey, do you remember me?" I'm like, "Of course I remember you. How's it going?" And uh, and he said, "Hey, I, I wanted to call and thank you. I never got a chance to thank you for what you did for me when I was leaving the teams. So I didn't do anything for him. All I did was <laughs> talk about uh, transition and introduce him to a few people in this industry, and uh, and just how I could do for any good guy that's yeah, leaving the teams. Right. And um, and he said, "Hey, I heard you wrote a book." And I said, "Yeah, I wrote a book. I have an advanced copy. You want one?" And he said, "Yeah, well, I do, but I'd like to give one to a friend of mine." And I'm like, who's that? And he named the exact person that I had thought of as the only person playing <laughs> no the role. No way. Yeah. That is totally crazy. 
Amazing. Totally so then what? So, so then what? And uh, yeah, sent the sent the book, and this guy read it. The next thing you know, we're doing the movie deal. That I is awesome. Have, yeah. have you had a chance? I mean, like, have you have you met these people yet? I, have, I mean, yeah. have you met the dream team? I, That's cool. I met, uh, I met the uh, the key player in the dream oh, team. Oh yeah, spent some time together. So very uh, cool. And he was awesome. So uh, yeah, can't say enough good things about about him. And even if they never make the movie, it's so cool yeah. that uh, that he was so awesome that he read it and loved it that he optioned it and started to put this team together. So yep. even if it derails today, uh, just so honored that uh, that he wanted to be involved. Do in you have any novel, desire so. to like be in the movie? You know, sometimes authors are like, in the in the movie as a <laughs> yeah, cameo. Yeah, make a cameo. Yeah. Heck yeah, so Stephanie cool. Myers from Twilight <laughs> pops out there all the time. <laughs> really? I did not know that. Oh yeah, she okay. like makes a little. Well, you wouldn't know it unless you knew who she was. Yeah. She's like yeah. she like drink coffee at the table. Oh, and nice. Just, like, and I always love that though. I always love being like. Oh, so, yeah. so Stephen Hunter, who uh, many people here uh, listeners might have, may have read, uh, but he wrote he, he's run a ton of books, but. One he's most known for is Point of Impact. They turn it into the movie Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. They have a oh, USA thing. Okay, yeah. uh, he is so awesome to me. I mean, everyone in this industry has been so nice to me in the, in the publishing industry, just welcoming me with open arms. And so for Shooter, he had a cameo as a gun store owner. And but they cut that part out in editing. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> of course, but he's in there. Dang it! Um, yeah. So no IMDb credit at all. I don't know how that works, but he, yeah. So so he wasn't there. But oftentimes they have an author just show up in in some yeah. some place. So that would be that would be kind of fun. But yeah, all those guys. Stephen Hunter, absolutely amazing. So cool. Gave me a blurb for the first book, and it's such an honor. A few weeks ago, he sent me uh, his newest book that comes out in July, and asked me to blurb that. Cool. So, oh, wow, that's yeah. awesome. So What's that a blurb? Really cool. like, like, the blurb is like uh, on the back right like, here. Like so. how many words? Absolutely awesome. So powerful. Yeah. So pulse pounding. So well written. Rarely do you ever read a de- debut novel this damn good. I feel like that's so. a lot of pressure. To write to, a blurb. To write a, a good concise blurb. Yes. Oh no, it's super fun. Super fun. So <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to do that for for him and uh, and Brad Thor has been amazing to me. He awesome. uh, he opened the door really to New York publishing. I didn't go about it the traditional way. Didn't get an agent. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what you're supposed to do. Uh, but somebody uh, knew Brad that was a mutual friend. Asked me if I'd like to talk to him. I said, yeah, of course I'd love to yeah. talk to him. That'd be amazing. And so set up a call and we talked and I think I passed his test, which was, hey, I'm not doing it for the money, not doing it for this. Didn't ask him any of the wrong questions apparently. And uh, he said, hey, um, your friend told me some of the things that, uh, that you did in the SEAL teams. And as a thank you for that, I will uh, let Simon and Schuster know that this book is on the way if you ever complete it. He's like, I'm not going to give you any help along the way. I'm not going to read chapters, not going to edit, not going to give you any advice whatsoever. But if you finish this thing, I'll uh, let New York is coming and know it's coming. And uh, he said, when are you going to be done? And I said, a year from today. And so didn't talk to him for a year. And then a year later, I called him back and said, hey, do you remember me? Did you put the alert uh, in your phone? I should have, I didn't know about alerts then, but it was on my calendar. And uh, and yeah, sent it it off to him. And uh, sure enough, he didn't read it. He sent it to New York and said, hey, can you take a look at this? And uh, they did. And then wow. uh, Emily Bessler, Emily Bessler Books, loving it. Next thing you know, I'm out in New York having coffee. I think she wanted to make sure I wasn't a crazy person. <laughs> and uh, then she said, hey, we'd love this, but uh, but you need an agent. Yeah. And I said, how do you get one of those? And then she said, well, here's a few I recommend. And I interviewed them and picked one. And well, I think it's know, a testament to, the to how, how many people were, were so great to help along the way. Yeah. I think you have the longest thank you list I've ever seen <laughs> in a novel before. I wanted at to the say thank you to book. everybody. Yeah, uh, you, you did. And, and I think that that's probably why so many people are always willing to help you. Like you're the nicest person in the entire yeah. world yeah. and you're always willing to help people. Yeah. And, and obviously they were 
more than willing to help return the favor. And, you know, you've had some great success with this book, which is oh, thank just you. awesome. So. Thank you. Yeah, the second one, the acknowledgments, so I was trying to figure out how to do it a little differently in the second one. And I just finished it at four in the morning the other night, the acknowledgments anyway. And I took take people on a, on a journey through the authors that I read growing up and what I was reading at a few certain points in my life yeah. that all influence what we have today. So I get to say thank you to those authors. And some of them aren't living anymore. Some of them are. And some of them are now friends and contemporaries and peers yeah. and mentors. Uh, so I get to say thank you as I'm going through this list of people, but talking about hey junior high and high school and what was going on in the world That's at those nice. times. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, kind of written as a story yeah. uh, in the acknowledgements this time, trying to make it a little little different than than the last time. First awesome. one, I was like, I'm just thanking everybody because I'm so <laughs> feel so fortunate that uh, that this is, this is happening yeah. and that everybody's been so wonderful. And uh, so I took it as an opportunity to really thank everybody, cool. <laughs> everybody that I know in the world, essentially. What did your wife think about the book? Like, what, did yeah. you get her feedback throughout this entire process? I, I did. But she is in the midst of chaos at all times <laughs> with the kiddos. And uh, yeah, it's mass chaos. So uh, yeah, I definitely use her as a sounding board. Yeah. And uh, hey, how does this sound? What do you think about this? So yeah, she's been amazing, of course, and been on me through this whole journey through the SEAL teams and through September 11th. And then in that full sprint when we were all trying to figure out uh, what life was going to be like yeah, after right. September 11th and what that looked like. Because before that, it was a little different. Mm-hmm. We hadn't been in sustained combat operations since Vietnam, essentially. We had yeah. flashpoints of Grenada and Panama. And Desert One and Mogadishu, but uh, not sustained combat operations, and so it was a it was a new paradigm. It's from from the enemy's perspective and from ours, and how we were adapting adapting mm-hmm. to that threat. So it became a whole new world for us, and she was along for the whole ride. But back then, everybody was in it, and it was new. So mm-hmm. now you're coming in, and people have been at it for 17 years, yeah. and you're kind of coming into, hey, this is how it is. But on September 11th, September 12th, yeah. like nobody knew, and all these families were in it wow. together. We were mm-hmm. all part of this team. The kids were part of it. The wives were part of it. Nobody knew wow. what it was going to look like going forward. We just knew it was going to be different. And uh, so she's been with me for that whole ride. And, awesome. Uh, so now she's it's about really taking woman. care of that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think that you would have a, a woman audience when you were writing this book? <laughs> you know, I, so I wanted to have. Yeah. I, wanted to, to, I wanted to have it appeal to, um, well, people that were interested in that. But, and I didn't, so I guess I'll rephrase that. I didn't think about it until afterward. And when I finished it, I was like, hey, you know what? I think what actually helped Simon & Schuster, because uh, it is, Oh, there's a lot of females at Simon mm-hmm. and Schuster, yeah. and I have two strong female characters in the novel. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't write them that way so that it would appeal, yeah. but it just so happened that. Uh, and I think it's because I had strong female role models in my life, sure. my, my mom and my grandmother, and um, and so I think for whatever reason that uh, that ended up in the novel. So uh, I think that appealed to the people at Simon and Schuster reading it. It wasn't like there's this guy and he's the he's the hero of the novel and he's the protagonist right. and he has all the answers and he has to save the girl. It's like, you know, not like that <laughs> at all. I mean, there's a little of that in there because that's, yeah, that's sure. fun. But uh, but strong female characters uh, were important to me yeah. and, and will be important to me uh, going forward because that just appeals to to me, I, guess. I don't think though being a strong female means that you don't need a man. I mean, like no, that you don't need like like I, right. a, another strong man in your life too you know like I think there's a great balance that you can have together you yep. know so I mean I think we're strong females and I don't mind there being like a hero a male hero in the book yeah, yeah. No, that's not awesome. at all yeah. yeah I enjoyed the book actually one awesome. of my favorite things reading I'm kind of a I'm not a gearhead by any means but I think like just being on this journey and and my own journey into the firearm world like re- you were so specific I mean there's other you could tell you're a gun guy like you could tell you know what you're doing and, and talking about in this book because you get very specific with makes models he well, chose I this think, Glock for this right. purpose and right. you know he, he puts his Glock at this angle and holds and I'm just like 
I love that. Like, nice. you know, and I appreciated that just as somebody that's, that is in this world. And right. I like it. And I just picked up on it very quickly. So, well, and I think it's, yeah. it's interesting, too, like starting, you know, if not being into, you know, I'm only new to this world, what, three years. And like being able to read something, be like, I know what that is. I know what he's talking yeah, about there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, you and have then, that connection. I'm like, yeah. this is kind of cool. I probably would have read it three years ago and that just would have been names and, right. and things. And I just would have just kept on going. But no, right. I was like, oh, yeah. I know. Well, another thing I love yeah. too are the cars. I mean, oh, yeah. like you're, it's you the Land a, we Cruiser. Like the same, yeah, we like the same I know vehicles. we do. Yeah. The, the, okay, was the, def I couldn't remember though because I didn't go back and read the book. Was the Defender in this book? Defender's in the next one. Yep. Defender's in the next one. Giving land Cruiser. Away, which is, uh, which is right. my, which is my vehicle. Uh, old Land Cruiser, 88 Land Cruiser. So oh, I was going to say, wait, you have a Defender? It's, uh, not yet. So the, the Defender that I've sent you pictures of, I think, is my friend's. Okay. Um, it's on, uh, I did a, uh, a little photo shoot with it when I was trying to promote yeah. the book or whatever. And, uh, so I borrowed my friend's Defender, but my Land Cruiser's getting a little makeover from the, awesome. uh, Icon guys out in LA. So nice. how many miles uh, do you have on that thing? Yeah, I got it with 68. <laughs> thousand i think when i got it and it's so really low yeah um but then it's uh yeah it, it uh something happened when someone whose um name might rhyme with my wife's uh, was, was driving it and had an issue and oh, so we need no. to, it needs a little um yeah it needs, it needs a little some dlc and like a little makeover yeah. yeah you know yeah no i i'm throwing it out there in the universe that i want a defender i nice. mean those things are so rare they only made what like they only came in for like, i think three three years maybe because yeah. now then they have airbags and yeah. you can yeah. them anymore and, and that whole actually, thing. Actually, someone told me the other day that like it's not even legal to drive one in Texas like on the road. Really? I, I don't know. It's I mean, not, that might not be to true. import them in. I think they're, oh, the, okay. they're the most confiscated illegal vehicle that people try to bring into the country. And they stopped making them, I think, two years ago or one year yeah. ago um, because it doesn't have airbags. Um, not, yeah, so people would try to get safety them in requirements. certain ways <laughs> and that was the most confiscated vehicle. That? So I heard. What if you like just don't want an airbag? I mean, like, I if you, you just decide to not, that, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you like, like if you decide to not country. carry your gun with the safety on, I mean, yeah. like, why they got to regulate what you decide for yourself is the best thing. I know. But Such a beautiful, so iconic cool. vehicle. But, yeah. uh, and that has brought a whole other audience, too. So yeah. the whole, there's a whole subculture of people that love the Defenders, whole yeah. subculture of people that love Land Cruisers. Yeah. And everybody that I've talked to that's a Land Cruiser person is just so nice. Like, everybody's just so cool. You yeah. drive one of those, people come up and talk. Drive my wife crazy when you yeah. drive that thing. She's like, oh, here comes somebody. Talk about the car again of course and uh it's your, your, your 26.2 uh, sticker on yeah, the back right. of your car like <laughs> you're gonna talk to that person yeah. if, if you've I've ran the marathon you exactly. know exactly exactly yeah. so so yeah I incorporated that in the book so it was all you know very very I think it's things I'm passionate about that's awesome uh, yeah I was wondering if the defender was gonna make an appearance in the next defender one makes, so. an, makes an appearance a couple times in the next novel and then in the third one so it's uh so now it's promoting book one uh finishing edits and waiting on the government for book two and writing book three. But Whoa, uh, book yeah. three as part of character development. Uh, the Land Cruiser versus Land Rover debate is great character development Ooh. tool, especially because I love both sides of it and I uh, love both vehicles, but I'm using that to, to develop both characters in the second novel. I love it. And uh, just like a nine mil versus 45 debate. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we have, well, that one, that one too. So that's in the novel as well. Leather versus Kydex. Like, Darn, that so should be our rapid fire thing. question for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quick, nine mil oh, or 45. Jeez. Let's uh, put it in the right place. Yeah, there you go. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Got tiptoe around that one. We'll just settle this, this debate right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I what we just heard is 
the there's a third in the works. There's a third, and then there's a uh, contract for the fourth. Oh, so holy cow! Going. Now that yeah. doesn't mean every character is going to show up in every one of these books nope. or anything. No, but, but no, no. It's uh, everything's evolving, and yep. uh, and it's interesting as you start writing. Like I had an idea at the start that I wanted to incorporate certain characters people liked from the first one, and then it just seemed like I'm forcing that in, so they had to come come out, and they might reappear in book. Three Ooh. or four or whatever, but uh, it was interesting. Do how you it ever evolves. get attached to characters in the book? Oh yeah, well, yourself. I'm very attached to the uh, protagonist, of course. His yeah. background being similar to mine as an enlisted Navy SEAL sniper that then becomes an officer, and um, so so very attached to that. Very attached to uh, to a lot of the people because as. As you know, I think we talked about uh, one of the female characters is a friend of ours, or yeah. she inspired, I should say, and she's uh, she's come to the rescue a couple times for me, and so she's awesome. uh, yeah, so she's uh, going to be a continuing character as well. Very cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, does that does that um, affect the plot lines at all for you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, and but you can get to a point like the second one. I I, I can't say this, but <laughs> I do not want to give give away. Don't what happens get, in the and I don't one. want you to give anything yeah. away. I want to. I want to. So I, I totally want to read it, and and I want. I could just imagine that as the writer, when you are attached to somebody, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you get to a point where like get to a point like, wow, I'm not gonna something's not gonna happen to this character because I'm so attached to them, like yeah, personally, right? Yeah. But then you're know, like, I've got to do it. And so oh it's, anyway, my gosh, yeah. heartbreaking! No, yeah. I mean it's like for anything. Like when you're reading a book and you're attached to a character, and if they go away, I remember reading like books that are have gosh like five six books, and when it's over, I yeah. truly feel like there's a death in my family. That's the goal. Like That's I the goal. people so want that time. next right. book. Right, yeah. that time, yeah. and, and like you want you're people invested. to at the end of every chapter, you want them to to want to get to that next one. You want to leave mm-hmm. it in a way for me anyway that it's as good as the first chapter, and they want to turn that page and mm-hmm. see what happens next. So you got to have a great last line in every chapter to make yep. it just as good as that first chapter or the preface. Uh, so that's the that's the goal. As what I, do you as do when you get things. writer's block? So I heard, so Stephen Pressfield, who wrote uh, Gates of Fire, and then he has a, a bunch of, for lack of a better term, self-help books about mm-hmm. art in general. So yep. whether you're a sculptor, a painter, a writer, uh, and he's coming from the writing background, of course. But he had a great thing that he said, and he said, hey, you never heard of a trucker getting truck block, trucker's block, <laughs> like a dentist getting dentist block. Like, it doesn't happen. Turn pro, be a professional, you're a writer, you write. And I love that. So I never had, I've never had. So you wow. just do. Yeah, you just yeah. do. Just be a professional. You don't dabble. Like maybe if you dabble and you're not a professional at it, no, I got writer's block. I'm going to put this away for a little bit. No, you sit down and you write. Uh, and Brad Thor gave me some great advice when, when I started out. And he said, give yourself permission to write a bad chapter. And he didn't really mean write a bad chapter. What he meant was don't wait for the stars to align and right. everything to be perfect mm-hmm. before you sit down and write because sure. nothing's ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be the right time. Yeah. Sit down and write. Be a professional. That's what you do now. And so, boom. I yeah. just uh, yeah, flipped the switch and became a professional immediately. That's, awesome. that's great because I think, I think being paralyzed by fear and mm-hmm. anything in life, I mean, that, that can happen in anything. And you have to find what for you allows you to get to that point and then overcome that and facing it sometimes and then just giving yourself permission to not necessarily i mean fail yeah but just saying like i'm gonna go wherever this journey takes me and then you might go back and just completely redo it and that's okay yeah i mean you're doing that so i look at it as a very entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. venture uh and it's a startup and i'm I'm figuring (laughs) out all these things that i just shied away from in the teams because you don't want an instagram you don't want a facebook right um 
Well, it brings up something interesting also, because now if you don't have that, now you're yeah. the outlier. So it's like, <laughs> oh, geez. So I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm out now. I don't have to deal with that sort of thing. But uh, I never didn't know how to use Instagram. I didn't know how to post. I didn't know the difference between a tweet and a post <laughs> and a thing. Like, what? So I had to figure all that out. But I like learning new things. Yeah. And then I like uh, seeing the results of mm-hmm. that effort and figuring out how to do it better the next time. Uh, and always just like we did downrange, mm-hmm. you're solving yep. problems on the battlefield. You're trying to adapt to the enemy faster mm-hmm. than they're adapting yep. to you. And now I just do that on the pages of a novel and in business yeah. and as a startup in general. And you know, I mean, you're with Alexo, you're doing that same thing. I mean, uh, it's a startup, yep, it's, grind, it's, a, yep. it's a sprint and you're yep. learning and it's awesome, uh, but it gets all of you. And, yep. uh, you know, same thing with this, like it's, it's, you're all in. So yep. in the end of the second one, I'm like, thanks kids for putting up with dad for the last uh, <laughs> couple of weeks of edits when I just go into lockdown yeah. and, uh, and do nothing but write and reread and edit and, uh, and morph it to make it the best product it can be for, for the people right. that, uh, yeah. that it's for, which are the, the fans and the readers. And, mm-hmm. uh, they make this all possible. So, awesome. um, yeah, I I'm will say your Instagram is looking pretty good. Thank you. Thank You've you so much. You've been using portrait mode. I've been noticing. <laughs> yeah. I found out about portrait <laughs> thank, mode. Thank goodness for the new phones. phones. That's it. Your, yeah. yeah. I had no new idea what portrait <laughs> mode was. Like, I just, I know the camera part and then all the other stuff I, I think I got video and photo you, and then you there's the other thing Sig Media Day very nicely yes well, you did your story with the nice. new products and I'm like look at that yep. you like use the good angle yeah. oh my god Everything. well when someone yeah. told me about stories I was like what another thing <laughs> yeah. I play stories like it's... you're not doing stories I'm like no I don't even know what stories I see this little th- yeah. circle what is that so but now I've, I'm getting it so I adapted there and you I'm go. learning and you're learning what goes where and then yeah. you guys taught me about square yeah I know that was funny you didn't know I could do square yeah that makes sense. Yep, and then you don't have to edit and crop yep. it down. It's it's yeah. fantastic. But I do want to get in more into photography. Photography has always interested me since I was a little kid. Oh, great. Uh, I took photography classes, and I was always awful. Like my parents <laughs> got me this camera in sixth grade. I was super excited. I yep. did a little summer camp where I learned everything totally blurry. Yeah, like, yeah apertures and all. It was I was I was terrible. Uh, but I really want to get good now. Yeah. And I see that the the photos that people like are the ones that uh, are actually better photos. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to start taking some better photos, especially the guns and the gear that relate to the mm-hmm. book and all that sort of How thing. How do you get your flat lays without a shadow in them? Oh my gosh. Can I have a, can I, can you tell us? <laughs> I didn't know I, what I flat lay was. Right I, I, I just I learned what this. flat lays was okay. when you say that, <laughs> but I'm guessing it's when I lay things down flat on a yes, table. Yes. Yes. Flat lays. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it can't, the sun can't be at a certain <laughs> right. angle. I have to wait. I'm like, what is the cloud cover? Why didn't I do this earlier when the kids were screaming and yeah. now the sun's out and I can't do yeah. it? So we have these shades that go down and I try to do it, but sometimes that doesn't help. So it's like early morning before the sun breaks the crest of the hero hill where it's still light or at the end of yeah. the day where it's past. So there is a time. Do you yes. do a lot of rearranging with your flat? I do a couple. Like after you I take might the do a photo, couple. you're like, mm-mm, I'm going to move it you here. Right. I might to. do a couple, but now in the edit, I can just move it around with that little feature that lets you turn it like Wait. that in edit. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you meant like you can move the objects. No. The, oh, like okay. just kind of like rotate it. Just rotate like, yeah. yeah, just rotating it. Yeah, because yeah, at first I was like, Wait, sometimes what? Sometimes <laughs> you're up here, you're trying to press, uh-huh. and it's at an angle. You can't see, yeah. yeah. So it's a whole Emily's got good flat lays, too. Oh, she nice. is, uh, and, and you do yours on like white marble. So mm-hmm. I, My coffee table. I'm always awesome. like, how do you not have a shadow? Mine always has a dumb shadow. Yeah, well, the best one, and actually the one that people liked the most all year was the SIG products. I put the Rattler there, my old 226 and the 365. And then it was Christmas. I'm like, and I grabbed a bow off our present. And, and I put it down. I mean, right there, he's it got it. And put it in portrait mode. Oh, he's it got off. the formula. He's got the formula. Yeah, and Sig reposted it, and then Dom reposted it. With nah, did it have everybody. a knife? Did it have? Had, the, I put the dinosaur plate in there. Yeah, yeah. in there. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I uh, options. I like options. My Dom gives me a lot we of like crap because too. the the for the Alexa, one of our most like. I would say widely recognized photos. I I, I put yes. my dynamis blade uh-huh. in the front nice. pocket. Awesome. Yeah, except Dom calls me next. He goes, "Hey." 
Not knives in there backwards. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, you can't. Way. You gotta look. Yeah, they're very no, particular about on, that. it's on. It's mm-hmm. even on our billboard now. It was the one that oh, got really? plastered on all the media, oh, all national media, and I could just see Dom like shaking his oh, head, yeah. like you just like put a knife in your pants and you didn't even know what you're doing. I'm like, yeah. it's a great picture. Yeah, yeah, no, it exactly. is a great picture. Yeah. No, you you can them. see the details yeah. of the knife that way. Yeah, you can see all of it. it looks great, except like you could the clip wasn't even clipped in there. I mean, it was just bad. But yeah, no, you want to check those with Dom. Absolutely. Yeah, I know that now. Check with check with uh, anyone who makes any gear that you now put in in the pants yeah. because in this day and age like you don't have any idea what's going to go viral like, right you have no idea what people are going to pick up what's going to be reposted mm-hmm. it's the reason why we had to put freaking fake eyelashes on for shot show really yes jack I, I, Thank you. the things I, us women our, have to look, do our looks, fake beautiful. Eyelashes. looks beautiful looks <laughs> beautiful <laughs> as yeah, always no, what picture is going to be out there? Got you it. Know, I so. did not put fake eyelashes on this morning. Yeah, you know what? Usually we ask our female yes. guests that come on the show what their shot show prep was. Oh wow! To, yeah. Oh wow. See, yeah, like, because you don't. Yeah, there's was a lot. My hat. Yeah. This morning. Man. And that's uh, nice. spray tan. What I'm wearing right now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's no it. Spray tan. No brows. No. No. But I guess no it's coffee. Extensions. Yeah. Coffee. Well, I mean, coffee Gotta is mandatory. Coffee. Yeah. Beard I don't really grooming? know if that's beauty. No, I don't prep, like the beard though. groom because it's it seems too like millennialish or like too hipsterish oh, or something. I talk about that in the sorry. second one too. Oh, do you? you know, yeah. <laughs> Yours looks great though over there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. But I think the reason I have a beard is so I don't products. have to do that. Like that's the whole point of me having the beard is not to have to do. Yeah, the but grooming. yours looks great. Yours it looks does. like it you looks groom very, it. It looks very manicured. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. No, not every day. No. I mean, when it gets no. too super super long, I shave it all off, okay. and then I start start over, oh, yeah, but and then it comes off, and then I start over. So I would for but, sure. Would, but now I think it's kind of the brand. Someone you. told me yesterday they're like, "Hey, the beard is the brand." I'm like, yeah. okay. "Gotta keep the beard." So maybe, yeah. I, so maybe I will get a trim, but not a. Well, how many suitcases did you bring to SHOT Show? Well, I'm on another trip after this, so Uh, I must must preface it that way. Uh, But from here, so I go to total polar opposites. So we're at SHOT Show right now. We're surrounded by tactical gear and guns and knives. Uh And I go from here to the American Association of Librarians (laughs) in uh, in Seattle. So doing uh, two talks there, two signings there, dinner. So it could be a little different. Yeah. That is, or maybe that not. Is all, I don't know. Or Never maybe not. Maybe they're all going to be they like surprise pistol me. packing maybe. Uh, librarian. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they listen to Not Your Average Gun Girls. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> if you're scary. listening, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, please. DM no, us. I'm super, super excited about it. My mom is a librarian, and I grew up surrounded by books. So it's truly, it's a it's an honor to go up there and yeah. kind of have things come full circle like oh, that. Oh, that makes so, sense now why the yeah. library is like so, your place yeah. to go. That's why he can get it done there. Did a lot of research yeah. back there when I found out what seals were. There was hardly anything written in the early 80s about seals. A couple books, a couple mentions here and there. But uh, she did the research with me in the library and taught Aww. me how to use that to teach me how to how to uh, research books and yeah. uh, find what I was looking for. And oh, my God, so the card my research. catalog so, system. Yep. Yeah. Did, oh, my yep, gosh. Card catalog, pull that thing out. I, guess I don't know how many listen decimal? to this podcast that, are, that know what a card catalog is. No, I would they love don't. to know. The microfiche. Flip through. Flip through. Go find the book that you're searching for. Oh, yeah. You had to write it down, little pencils right there. You had to write it down, and then you go find it yeah. are you are you a do you read your box on tablet like or do you can't do it yeah this phone just so much for everything else yeah, that I, I want it to be, be separate mm-hmm. so I want to get rid of this device completely yep. and just sit down with a book and read it as I did growing up so um, yeah no 
No, uh, no eBooks for me, but it is a, it, a very fast growing segment of publishing and audiobook is even faster. So audiobook, been killing it on audiobook. There's a great guy, Ray Porter, who is, uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy uh-huh. and he did the, did the, the reading, did the narration and he is just awesome. Such a good guy. He is good. I heard so some audio cool. clips and oh, he's, awesome. he's got a good voice. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great voice and he was super cool. I didn't meet him in person, but we talked back and forth and he's going to do the second one as well and just super cool. That yeah, is, and he brought an audience too. I didn't even realize that audiobooks have people that uh, that uh, that follow a certain narrator, and if that oh, narrator really? is doing something else, they go and they get that. So it's a whole other segment. And then oh, I picked I him just because I liked his voice, and I had to pick it last second. Did uh, they audition for uh, you? No, no. They Simon and Schuster sent me someone, yeah. and I listened to it, and I was like, oh, that doesn't really sound quite right. And they're like, well, pick someone else. Let us know who you'd like. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just started listening to, to sample, 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 sample. And then a couple hours later, got back to them, and I said, how's this guy? And they said, well, we'll reach out. And they reached out like and he, was, he jumped director. on board. And yeah. uh, I didn't even realize that he was going to bring an audience with him. So that has really That's helped the audio book That is awesome. And, yeah. But that, that would make sense. Yeah. I, I listened to the last, because we've been like doing a lot of road trips, going to like, different trade shows and all this. And we listened to Shoe Dog. Uh, the Phil Knight oh, memoir. Nice. I don't yeah, know yeah. read that. Yeah, no, I haven't or read it, but I know what it is. Yeah. Well, I listened to it, but I'm like, I was so into it because of the guy's voice. Nice. Like, and I, don't, I don't even know who the narrator yeah, was. Yeah, I haven't gotten into the audiobooks. Yeah. I only got into it because of the road trips. Yeah. Like, I, it's not like I could just sit at home and listen to an audio Yeah, that's, book. I, I mean, feel like I would just stop whatever I was doing and start listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we we know you're super busy. Yeah. Everybody wants to to talk to you. Oh we are goodness. so honored. Thank you. Thank you so, thank you so you much. This was so awesome. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we do. Well, first, I, I want everyone to go see this amazing Instagram page that we were just talking about. Awesome. So, where can everybody follow you and, right. and follow along in this journey? Yep. Yep. So, uh, on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, it's okay. Jack Carr USA. Okay. And Instagram and Twitter are me. But Facebook is, uh, three was too much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought when we added stories to Instagram that that was going to be too much and totally derail me. But uh, Twitter and Instagram is where I interact with people. Okay. And then there is a Facebook account, but it's just things get posted there or whatever. But I, I just, there's, that's too much. So uh, then there's a website, okay. officialjackcar.com. And you can go on there and there's more background information on the gear in the novel, oh. uh, things that I use downrange, like the knives in the book, nice, the blades yeah. type thing. So all that stuff, that background is in there. The making of the video trailer for the novel is in oh. there where some companies here are sponsored and helped do that, cool. which is amazing. Um, so uh, all that, yeah, officialjackcar.com. All right. And there's a newsletter sure. that comes with that. And Perfect. then uh, and I'll let know when the book USA. is out and ready to go. Absolutely. Yeah. You think if like everyone starts writing, I don't know, their congressmen or something? Yeah, we, we can, can get, get we can get that moving. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're kind of working on that right now. So um, <laughs> let yeah, us know if we need to put the blast out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll, phone we'll, numbers to call. Awesome, and who we need we'll, to blast we'll it out. Yeah, exactly. Go get them. We'll, 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 we'll get everybody out there on we the horn. We want to do one fun thing with you real fast Uh-oh. before we before we wrap before up. Before we wrap up, we're gonna have to we're gonna tweak this one a little bit for our you know special guests. Exactly. But we'll start. Your preferred vacation beach or jungle? These days, I'd say beach. Yeah, I'm going with beach. Favorite movie? Oh, I don't. I don't want to give this one away. It's a little off brand. <laughs> so do it. Just do it. And I'm saving it. I think my publicist actually wants to use it for okay. a little uh, contest. All right. So, so that's will, fine. Uh, as long as it's not the Notebook, I it's can imagine. Definitely not <laughs> the Notebook. notebook. Oh, uh, <laughs> not that far off brand. What's okay. uh, on? Uh, what's on repeat on your playlist? Podcasts. Oh. I do not listen to music anymore, really, at all. Um, yeah, all podcasts. I get in the car, and uh, it's, it jumps right to a podcast, and, okay. and off we go. So I think like the last three or four years, maybe, it's yeah. just been 
all podcasts. See, I would have thought you had like a playlist. Yeah, it's kind of like getting you're writing this. your book. So, right? so, so I did music. a little bit. So I was inspired by Johnny Cash. So man comes around. Oh yeah. And so in the novel that I submitted to Simon and Schuster, I had different stanzas from that song before each part. So before the preface, cool. uh, before chat, before That's the first awesome. part, the second part, the third part, and the epilogue. So all those had part of the awesome. Johnny Cash song in there. They took that out. They took that out because copyright. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So we did that, but we got to keep this one. So did a little research and found out that a part of that song, there's a man going around taking names. They, you can't. It's from the 1800s, and it's from all these all different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, then they don't know who it was, and uh, so okay. the time is time's expired. It can't be attributed to anybody, and so and that really fit with the theme of the book. But I, when I was writing it, listening to that song, if you listen to that song and think about that song when you read the preface, cool. you'll. Uh, that's what I was listening to. That's awesome. Yeah. And then we've got. Well, we had two more. You already answered one since we were going to ask you what your favorite beard product was, and well, that's <laughs> nothing. So. Yeah. I guess uh, water. <laughs> yeah, water. No beard oils. Yeah. No uh, all right, all right. And, uh, the last thing you ate today? Oh my gosh! Oh, I, Morels at uh, this morning coffee. <laughs> yeah. And man, they make a mean avocado toast with a couple oh, eggs. I had two more eggs to it though. Me some avocado toast. It's gotta yeah. have eggs. Yeah. It's gotta have like a poached egg on it. It has. Any, yeah. yeah. It has one poached egg. I asked for two more. Yep. They put it on there. Make the best coffee in Vegas. That's where I get my. That's where I center myself before yeah. I enter <laughs> before, the parade. Before you enter, yeah. enter the shot show floor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Great coffee, hang out, a little quiet time, and uh, then off we go. Charging, charging awesome. into shot all awesome. day. Awesome. No breaks. Yeah, well, that's all you got to do it here. But thank you. One big thank you yeah, again to Yeah, super Six huge Hour. thanks to SIG. Yes. And we also want to thank ConcealCarry.com, our producers. And, and they do so much for us for this podcast. And they are also hitting the SHOT Show floor, and they're going to have lots of interviews with a bunch of other people. So make sure you head on over to their side of the podcast world and give some of their episodes a listen as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Jack Carr, absolutely. for coming thank on the show. Thank you so much. Wish you thank the you guys best for having me. With yeah. everything that you've got coming I out. And I'm, I can't wait to watch the entire journey. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. And congratulations, you guys, for your success here. With thank Alexa. you. Really thank you. Awesome. It's great to watch that journey as well. So awesome. thank you guys yep. so much. Thank you. All right. We'll see, see you guys Yeah, talk to you next time. The Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast and its related companies, Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com, strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.